Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner podcast followers and devotees. The great Matt Geib here with you once again on a warm summer afternoon in the first part of August 2022. And today we're finishing up the book of Philippians with a conclusion. We want to bring some thoughts and some wonderful points together on the book. And as they say in the world, one thing they say in the world, it's not really as they say in the world, but they would say all good things must come to an end. But with the Word of God, that's not really true. With the book of Philippians, that's not really true. The thoughts and precepts and the truths that we've given will last an eternity. You can go back in, actually, even to the recordings, even to the last episodes over the last, it's been four and a half months ago that we started this, And you can go back and re-listen and get new thoughts and new revelation. And as you open the Word of God, the Word of God is always evergreen. Uh, Depending on what time it is in your life, there'll always be some kind of new revelation and new truth that God may want to speak to your heart when you open the Word. And that may be based on these very truths that I've shared with you through the spring and the summer in Philippians. So this then, today, we're going to have a conclusion. So I've written some notes down here, which I'll read from, and I'll make some comments, and that will be the end, and then we'll, you'll see next week what we might go into. So Philippians' conclusion. Uh, Here's an introductory statement on the conclusion. Philippians carries a simple yet profound message emphasizing the concepts of joy and rejoicing in a community of saints knit together in unity through a lifestyle of humility. These are traits of God's character that cannot be manufactured in our own strength. Philippians teaches us what it is to love, or I'm sorry, what it is to live a powerful, joy-filled, and grateful life every day, no matter the circumstances we are finding ourselves in. This epistle from Paul challenges us to aspire to a greater level of joy and rejoicing, which comes through having a greater awareness of God's goodness. Amen? Let's look at five themes that we really hit upon in the last four months or so. Number one, we said in the very beginning, Philippians was a primer for a joy-filled life, a primer or a guidebook for a joy-filled life. Number two, Joy and rejoicing in every circumstance. That's another theme. Joy is mentioned five times. We talked about that. Chapter 1, verse 4 and 25. Chapter 2, verse 2 and 29. Chapter 4, verse 1. Rejoicing is mentioned 11 times. 1, verse 18. 2, verse 17. 2, verse 18. 2, verse 28. 4, verse 4. Or chapter 4, verse 4. Chapter 3, verse 1 and 4, or 1, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 1, and chapter 4, verse 10. So that's number 2 on the list. Number 3 of the five themes. Unity comes through the bond of humility and joy. Humility, or that is unity, comes through the bond of humility and joy. Chapter 2. The third, the third, um, 
the third theme, oh, I'm sorry, the first theme was a primer for a joy-filled life. The second theme was joy and rejoicing in every circumstance. The third theme was unity comes through the bond of humility and joy, chapter 2. Uh, the fourth theme, Christ is pictured as the goal and center of our very lives, chapter 3. And then cha uh, chapter 4 is the fifth theme, Jesus Christ and his availability to us for coping with the problems of our lives. Okay, those are the five themes. You can go over them again. Uh, and let's break this down a bit further and look at every theme. Chapter 1. The theme is Christ our life, taken from verse 21, where Paul stated, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Authentic joy and rejoicing is birthed in an awareness of God's goodness in your life, which leads to gratitude. Let me read that again. Real joy, authentic joy in your life, and rejoicing is birthed or cultivated in an awareness of God's goodness in your life, which leads to gratitude. Uh, you can't really have joy and rejoicing in your life if you don't have an awareness and a faith about how good God is. All right? Philippians 1, 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, Paul says, I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Paul was thankful for them. They were a church that was really dear to his heart um, because they were such a uh, an obedient church. They were such a giving church. We talked about how they gave to him again and again, how they had very few problems. They they were probably uh, we've said it before like a uh, like a jewel in his crown one of his most precious jewels. Let's look at the next theme in chapter two. Chapter two, the next theme, Christ our mind, and that's taken from Philippians two five, and we'll read that. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Remember how we talked about let mind be that we can let the mind of Christ be, and we could assimilate that into our very being. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the very likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven and earth, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, uh, Philippians 2, 5 to 11, and the fifth verse, let mine be. That's the Greek that was in Christ Jesus. Have a kenosis encounter. That's what this verse is all about, this portion, uh, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. We talked quite a bit about the kenosis encounter, which is a total emptying of self. It's really kind of a... Um, 
fundamental lesson, and yet it gets very deep. And uh, you can go back and listen to it. It's in the uh, podcasts. You can listen to that episode. And then we talked about in chapter 2 how God was at work in us and that we have to respond to that work. We work and co-labor together with God. Another real mystery where it, it, this is the verse that deals with that. In chapter 2, verse uh, 12 and 13, it says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Does that mean we do all the works ourselves? No. We work it out with God. Because it says in the very next verse, it is God who works in you. He's working in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The main point I was making, one of the main points in that lesson at God at work, was that we have to make ourselves available for God to work in us. He doesn't do it like we're robots. Um, You know, he doesn't do that. We just have to make ourselves available, and he'll work in us and show us what to do. Chapter 3 is the next theme, Christ our goal. Remember the beautiful, beautiful, it's just a beautiful portion of Scripture. All of chapter 3, really, are so many beautiful thoughts that Paul brought that the the saints, are. you've heard it before and you're so familiar, we'll read it here. And it's a metaphor of an Olympic race. Remember how we talked about that just recently? Chapter 3, 7 to 14. But let's look at chapter uh, let's look at chapter 3, verse 12, first, for talking about Christ our goal. Verse 12, not that I've already attained, Paul says, or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead, a key verse for this theme, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, Let's read 7 to 14. Uh, We'll encompass all this here. 7 to 14. But what things were gained to me, those I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, I count them as baggage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not of my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through Christ, uh, faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the out-resurrection from the dead. Metaphor of the Olympic race, Christ our goal. That's chapter 3. Let's look at the next theme here. Christ our strength, chapter 4. It starts off with rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That's the foundation of finding our strength in Christ, Philippians 4, 4. So let's read the key verse. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then we talked about this will strengthen you. This brings strength to you to do these things. And that's apply. We had a lesson late, just recently, mandates, uh, 4.8 mandates, speaking about mandates for meditation. Let's read this wonderful scripture. You've all heard uh, so many times, I'm sure. Philippians 4, 6-9, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or dwell in your mind on these things. The things which you learned and received and saw and heard in me, these do. In other words, imitate Paul in how he follows Christ, and the God of peace will be with you. Philippians 4.13, again, we'll read that. I can do all things through Christ. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's review these again, and then we're going to close out with a, uh, just something further to share uh, about this book. Chapter 1, Christ our life. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's verse 22. Chapter 2, the second theme, Christ our mind. That's found in chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The third theme, Christ our goal. Christ our goal. And that is in uh, verse 14. I press toward the goal of chapter 3. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's chapter 3. That's the third uh, theme. And, that, and then the fourth theme in, in the book of Philippians, Christ our strength, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I, I would imagine that you, if you've been uh, a Christian very long, you've heard all those uh, these are some of the most powerful scriptures in the New Testament. You've probably heard them numerous times before. And we, we, we've went over them in the last four and a half months. So let's finish out and share with you from a book uh, by a, a pastor, Tommy Newberry. He, I believe it was in 2008 I got a hold of this book called 4-8 Thinking, uh, The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry. 4-8 Thinking, The 4-8 Principle. Tommy Newberry, okay? And that was based, of course, on Philippians 4.8. And let's look at some of the things I wrote down. I think this is, there's so many powerful thoughts from his book that coincide with Philippians because it was all about Philippians 4.8, first of all, and also the rest of the book. Let's just, I'm, I just uh, typed out in my notes some of these thoughts that he had that I thought were so good. A 4-8 thought life, remember we talked about thinking on all those things that are good and noble and just and poor, pure and all those things. You can read that verse and you probably, maybe you know it by heart. A 4-8 thought life is one that is full of gratitude and joy. It's full of gratitude and joy. And if, if you're having problems with that, go back in the episodes to way back quite a ways and study mind traffic based on Paul's exhortation to Timothy that, you know, we don't have a spirit of fear, but of love uh, and a sound mind, a Sophronis Moss mind, one that can curb its thoughts and desires toward God. You know, if, if, you, if you're having a hard time grasping in your thought life, um, gratitude or joy. Let's go on. A 4-8 thought life is one full of gratitude and joy. 
Joy is an outward sign of inward faith in the promises of God. It is a symptom, we could say, of faith. Your thought life multiplies or shrinks your talents, your gifts, right? Your thought life can either multiply them because you're, you're living joyfully and in gratitude and in positivity and faith, or shrink them if you can only see challenges and you can only see the negative. If you dwell on your thoughts, your blessings, your goals, and all the people who love you, then you will attract even more blessings, even more love, and more accomplishments. Let me read that again. If you dwell on your strengths, your blessings, your goals, all of the people who love you, especially Jesus who loves you, you will attract even more blessings and love and more accomplishments. God has designed you to be able to bring your thinking into the domain of, you see, mind traffic, curbing your thoughts. God has designed you to be able to bring your thinking into the domain of your conscious creative control through which you will begin to discover an enormous advantage to begin to sculpt the conditions of your life, okay? Say, I can bring my thinking into creative control. Say that with me. I can bring my thinking into God's creative control, amen? I can bring my thinking into God's creative control. Let's read some scriptures here that I put in here that I thought were good. Proverbs 3 Five to six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. And then in Psalm 37, 1 to 6, do not fret or worry because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither away. Like green plants, they will soon die out. Trust in the Lord, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Let's read that verse 3 and 4 again. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. Verse 6, he will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. And let's read this as a caution. I put this in here, Romans 1.21, because, and it's talking about mankind in general, hopefully not the Christian church, hopefully not you, Saint, because that when they knew God, see, they, they, they knew of God, they originally knew him, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, their foolish heart was darkened. See, if you're not rejoicing in God, if you're not assimilating and having the goodness of God wash over you and you're not becoming aware of it, you're going to your your heart will end up being hardened and darkened and deceived. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. It's a spiritual principle. I wrote down here, joy and rejoicing are cousins of gratitude. You can never have one without the other. If you have joy and rejoicing, you're going to have gratitude. If you're a grateful person, you're going to also be a joyful and rejoicing person. And look at the parable of the ten lepers, how they all were healed by Jesus and only one came back. You know, only one had that revelation 
of the gratefulness and the goodness of God, right? And he went back and praised Jesus for his healing. Uh, let's read this from um, Tommy Newberry's book, The 4-8 Principle. Gratitude is a conviction, a practice, and a discipline. Listen to that. Gratitude is a conviction, a practice, and a discipline. Gratitude is an essential nutrient, a kind of amino acid for growth in God, for his creativity, and his joy. Gratitude involves channeling your energy and attention toward what is present and working rather than what is absent and ineffective. Here's one I love. Gratitude is like a mental gear shift that takes you from turbulence, turbulence to peacefulness, from stagnation to creativity. I'll read that again. Gratitude is like a mental gear shift that takes you from turbulence to peacefulness, from stagnation to creativity. Gratitude is the cornerstone of an unstoppable faith. Let me read that again. Gratitude is the cornerstone of an unstoppable faith. Let's read the next one. Gratitude can be cultivated and experienced at ever-deepening levels. Let's read the next one. Gratitude is an effective antidote to the most negative emotions. You cannot experience hostility and gratitude at the same time. You have to choose one or the other. You can't be grateful and thankful and angry and bitter at the same time. They, they can't exist together. <clears throat> the, uh, here's, I think, the last one. Gratitude is both a skill and a feeling. Gratitude is both a skill and a feeling. The more you appreciate today, the more things you will notice tomorrow and be grateful for. Let's read that again. Gratitude is both a skill and a feeling. The more you appreciate today, the more things you will notice tomorrow to be grateful for. And that, my friends, is the end of a wonderful book, the book of Philippians, a true primer for joy. It's been such a blessing and such a wonderful time to be here and share thoughts that, that I believe God gave me some of them. And some of them were like from Tommy Tenney, his book, or Tommy Newberry, I should say, his wonderful book, The 4-8 Principle. And so go back and listen to the lessons. They will bless you. Uh, open your Bible and listen to some of the things we've shared. And I will see you once again in a week or so on the Kingdom Corner broadcast. Thank you so much for being a part. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guy. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.